0: Hello, and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. Got a special guest in studio here today, uh, Wally Joseph from F5 Soundhouse is in the house, and we're going to be talking a lot about what it takes to be a producer and an engineer today in the rock world, and we'll talk a little bit of uh, what he does as a performing musician himself, and maybe we'll get him to uh, tell us a few uh, stories that we shouldn't <laughs> be told. Of course, it's a family-friendly show. where FCC. <laughs> compliant here on Blast Beats and Bicycles. But Wally, thanks for coming on the show. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Jay. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Uh, so a lot of people, myself included, don't really fully understand the role of a producer engineer in the studio. Can you talk a little bit about what you do when you work with bands?
1: Um, I was kind of, we were having some on-air chat, or off-air chat, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, to kind of reiterate my point from earlier, it's like, it, it really depends on the project. Um, some bands just want to, you know, they, they just want an engineer. And that that's completely cool. They they want somebody to you know they've got a batch of songs written whatever and they you know they just want to come in and track them. Um, sometimes if there, if there's something special, I'll, I'll call out a group and be like, hey, you know, you kind of got something here with this one. Well, let's try to work it a little bit more. And you know, and um, you know, it's it's gotta it's gotta be fun for me, of course. On top of it, you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I never do anything for just like a paycheck because I, I want to make sure I'm working with something that I can sleep well with. At sure night. and that is gonna when it does get stuck in my head because i've heard the song ten thousand times it's gonna be great yeah hopefully um but uh it, it but then on the production end of things um i do help um it, a lot of that involves like you know when i'm when there's pre-production going on um i'll spend sometimes a couple weeks with a band just going to rehearse with them and um you know we're jamming together more or less you know mm-hmm. bringing in a guitar and app and um, just kind of rocking with the band to really learn their sound and really kind of cultivate with them to, you know, maybe they may only have like three or four songs written, but they want to do a full like 10 song album. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, you know, okay, well, let's hear some riffs. And so we'll dissect some riffs and we'll, you know, we'll start again, you know, jamming and, and kind of see what fits. And um, then uh, we just kind of build the songs as is and then they come in, track them. Um, I, I'm a vocalist myself. So when, when the singer comes in, a lot of times I'll, that's kind of the last piece that I'll kind of work with. You know, because they'll they'll have you know, make sure they bring in their lyrics and everything. Sure, and I'll help them. You know, like let, let's try to rephrase this a little more friendly to the ear and stuff. You know, because yep. if depending on what they're going for, right? You know, if they're if they're trying to please the masses and stuff like that, or they're you know, if they're on a label or whatever it might be, um, they uh, you know, there's a certain commercial value to things and stuff sure. where. Um, for whatever reason, they trust me to uh, give my opinion on
0: <laughs> Well, and I'm sure a band is going to have a, more or less confidence in their what their sound should be, depending on their their stage of development, right? Yeah. I mean, a yeah. brand new band with uh, their first tracks is going to
1: be a lot more malleable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, I, I kind of look at it as um, I'm taking a snapshot of your band and I'm putting it on, you know, for mm-hmm. in, in audio form. Sure. You know, and uh, I'm not there to try to change the group, um, even when I'm just engineering. And I'm not... I, I, I will never consider myself a great engineer or whatever, but, I mean, there's millions of people in this town who will just completely blow me away or whatever, and God love them. They're, they're incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever for whatever reason, it's worked out for me and stuff, and, um, you know, I, I'm still learning along with the band. You know, the band, we all work together to create this final product of where, you know, I, 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 for me, myself, I love the idea of um, four or five people in a room setting up, miking it up, go. You know, and that's not necessarily how, we, how we'll do things when we're actually tracking it, but I want to give that listener the impression that, th- that this is what they should sound like live. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to fool people. I don't want to lie to them that, eh, you know, singer guy can't really cut it or, you know you know what I'm saying? Or, <laughs> Let's you get it's a motto to Exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ugh, disgusting. But, uh, you know, and granted, there, there are some circumstances where it's just like, you know, uh, in my own personal case, I don't charge people by the hour, you know, so it's like it's more of a song to song basis where, um, I don't want the artists to feel like they're under a time crunch, right? Um, I mean, granted, you know, don't be a jerk. Let's, you know, <laughs> we let, don't let, have all let, day. Let, let's try to get it. Let's try to get it done in a reasonable time. But uh, yeah, but, but just to to have that stress off your mind, that when the red button is hit, that it's like, okay, we can, you know, if if we don't cut it in the first few, all right, cool. Let's, yeah. you know, maybe we just need to sleep on it.
0: You don't have all to right? get the first take every time.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Come back tomorrow. You know, what? maybe you'll, you're just. Maybe something happened during your day or something. Like I had a woman who uh, had a family tragedy. Hmm. And uh, she was working with some other folks, some other uh, production people. And uh, the uh, the people that she hired were like, nope, this has got to be it. And she literally had left a courtroom crying her eyes out because of a, a, a tragedy thing wow. that happened in her family. And things are great now with her. Which she's And she's an incredible singer. But what she had to deliver on tape for that moment... Oh my gosh! Wow. I, I felt just awful for her. So we we came in and we rewrote her song for her the cat and stuff um, like and turned out turned out awesome. That's fantastic. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's that's a whole other long story, but it, <laughs> it, it turned out really really well. You know, we, we took her out of a bad position and let her come in with a clear head and just you know because it's just better to do things at peace. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you talked a lot about your sort of how you want to ha- give people an experience in the studio. Tell us a little bit about the studio that you work in. What what is Sound uh, F5 Soundhouse all about?
1: F5 Soundhouse. Um it's uh it was uh, it's a place started by uh Owen Sartori and uh Davide Rosso. Um and they've they've been around the Minneapolis scene for a long time and very very quality musicians and mm-hmm. quality people. Um like I said just uh, it's the, the the environment they they provide is um you know it, it's very just lax very chill um they have kind of a similar philosophy that I do or whatever in, in, in just working with the artist and just you know it's it's it, 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 i think any any engineer or producer can tell you too that the majority of working with any artist is psychology, you know, it's not, it's not pushing buttons. It's not moving mics around. It's not therapist. Yes, you are pretty much, pretty much. And you gotta, you know, you gotta massage these people's, you know, whatever, you know, their ego or whatever, just, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, I, I will never (laughs) kiss anybody's butt, make, make no mistake about it, but uh, you know, I, I'm going to give you my, my God's honest opinion and stuff. and, And it's, you know, and that, because we're in that room to do the same thing we want right. we want greatness, yeah, and so these guys um you know came in with that that philosophy, or whatever started the uh, the studio over in northeast and um and yeah, they've they've just kind of built it up to what it is, and they're they're kind of day guys, so they uh, when I initially jumped into the project they're they're nine to fivers and, and and God bless them for it. it's wonderful. That's but, not very uh, rock and roll. I gotta no, say. No, <laughs> no, no. But well, which is why they do they do country and they do a lot of songwriting All and right, other things enough. and stuff. And and uh, they've got their niche. Where uh, I happen to be looking for a good place to land, and through uh, through a, a mutual friend, ended up at their place where they're like, you know, what when when do you want to be here? How do you want to do this? I'm like. I'm I'm a late night guy, you know. I'm 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 going home from the studio when the sun's coming up. Wow. So I'm, I get in there at five in the at, at night till nine in the morning sometimes. And wow. Weekends and everything and stuff. So, but they uh yeah it's it is a very chill atmosphere. Um, it's um they've got great quality gear. You know I've I've brought in all the stuff that I had too and stuff and it's we've really made this you know they they call it the sound house mm-hmm. and it's just it, and that's exactly what it is man. We have got some great rooms and just. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a cool atmosphere. It's what, just fun to just hang out in. You know? <laughs> what what yeah. makes it different
0: than other studios? I mean, when a band comes to you, what are the things they're looking for?
1: Um, you know, I I think that people want to feel wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, they they want they want to feel like their surroundings are 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 invitable and that they could you know bring their friends over, or whatever and. Um, You know, there's been a couple places I've stepped in across the country where you open up the door and you just have this big waft of (laughs) gun smoke, and it's just like, man, you know, I got three daughters. Like the last thing I want to do is bring them into (laughs) right that. I'm you know don't don't but you know you know it's uh, and granted every every studio has its own character and whatnot, but um, you know just it's a lack of tension at this place. Like it's not like like I said, I go back to the chill environment, man. It it really uh, you know I'm not just gonna. Kick back in the chair and be like, hey, Jeff, why don't we just uh, lay down that guitar line here and you know, just take your time, man. You know, just like it's, you know, it's a, it's a still workable atmosphere, sure, but we right. all want to, you know, but and everybody, I think once, uh, like I had this band Firefighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're on a Warner Music group, um, uh, Silent Majority group is a label that they're on, Warner Music. And uh, so we, uh, we we worked on their album. And some of the things, uh, their singer lives in um, Cincinnati. Hmm. So he does fly ins all the time and everything. Okay. So the band uh, lives around here in the cities. And um, so we're, you know, when we're putting these things together, literally we only have a day or two to make these things happen. Right. And so we're just, we're literally all sitting around like a little coffee table in there <laughs> and just exchanging lyrics back and forth. And like, okay, let's try, let's try, let's try this. You know, okay, sing it back to me. No, okay, let's, that, that didn't work. You know, just, but yeah. And so what, when the energy is there and it's good, positive energy, and there's a lack of tension. Everybody, I think, feels motivated, and they, you know, I think that yeah. goes with anything, you know, yeah. that, that, any job or whatever. If there's just a good work environment, it makes you want to be there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It does, <laughs> totally does. Is there? Do you do you feel like there's like an F five sound? Um, I'm gonna say no, um, just for for the reason that uh, I don't. Uh, for for me personally. Um, I mean, I've done everything from rock to country to you know to to pop to blues, all that all that kind of stuff, and I think the the best thing that that I can do and as my job as, as an engineer or producer is to know the band before they get in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just going to take a project and not really understand their sound and, and, and like especially seeing them in a live environment. Yeah, it's so helpful because you, you get. You know, there, there's some groups that I just have seen instantly, like I, I, I had mentioned Vaudeville to you earlier, mm-hmm. where they just blew me out of the water the first moment I saw mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, there's nobody here at this venue to take in what I'm taking in right now. Wow. And then, you know, so we we help them build their record and everything. and But it, it was more or less taking a snapshot of their sound, of their live performance. Mm-hmm. And some people get caught in a niche, and I think, you know, even around this town too, where they, they've they got all their, their presets for, for production and everything, and mm-hmm. then they... Okay, there's your drum sound. Well, that's the drum sound that so and so had on that album. Right. Well, there's your guitar sound. Well, that's the same guitar sound that they have on these. It's like work with the band, figure out exactly where where their strengths and weaknesses are, and, and figure out how to capitalize on those strengths to make mm-hmm. make the good parts great and, and get rid of the crap, and work with their tones. You know, figure out why do you like that kick drum sound. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not so you don't necessarily have to go too deep into the science on it or whatever. That's silly. Sure. But um, you know, but but there's certain things that like you know some people like. Uh, you guys had, you had the guys from Stormbreaker and yeah. stuff. Um, Logan, their drummer, has a very interesting way of playing drums. And uh, to me, it, it's, it's unique. And uh, I love the kid to death. He, he's he got a good meter on him and everything. And, uh, but there's a certain way that he does that and stuff. So in the studio, we kind of have to finagle a little things and do things a little bit different. Sure. But that's what makes him comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what it, it, it's, it's a matter of creating that. You know, that, 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 that's what I guess what I'm trying to say is that is what captures that sound for them. I'm not trying to make a sound for what, you yeah. know, what Wally's doing. That, yeah. That'd be stupid. It, it sounds like you're trying
0: to sort of build a platform for the band to do what it does best, mm-hmm. not necessarily overcome things that they don't do well. Is that yeah. a
1: fair description? Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, and, and again, I, and I wish I had, um, I mean, my, my only, I, I have pretty much two. Mentors coming up, well, I'll take it back three. Um, coming into doing this job when I, uh, Carl Diemer over at Atomic K um, taught me tons of things about vocal production and, and just like, you know, working with guitars and how certain things need to fit in certain pockets and stuff uh-huh. like that and panning. I'm unschooled. So everything I've learned, I've learned from other people. Kevin Martin, the lead singer from Candlebox, uh-huh. uh, produced one of my albums. And so working with Kevin, um, we literally had a week's time. To he flew out from Seattle, and we're literally sitting in you know our rehearsal space for a week, shredding through all these songs and everything, wow. and, and weeding out the stuff. But he he's done it so much with I mean he sold four million records at least himself, mm-hmm. and um, so him working with you know people like Kelly Gray and um, Chris Lord and all these other people, mm-hmm. where they actually like you know dug in and tore in and in a very short amount of time. It was cool to be under that atmosphere and under that gun like this is awesome, man. You know, so we're getting there, you know, at 10 in the morning and work until, you know, freaking three in the morning, you know, on just doing that for a week straight. Yeah. It was, I learned so much. And then uh, Doug Short, who's the, uh, right now he's the front of house guy for, um, for Yes. And uh, cool. him, him and I had a, had a little studio operation going on over on uh, 94 and White Bear in St. Paul and uh, called the Big Red Barn. And uh, it was, <laughs> it was just a, it was a home studio thing, but it was a little more extravagant than that, and uh, Doug has every piece of gear in the world and stuff. And he uh, he really taught me a lot about just you know compression and, and just the way certain frequencies react to certain rooms. Like he knows the science of everything. So if there's ever any kind of audio question that I have or why why something would react a certain way, mm-hmm. I know that I can get it right on the horn to this guy. And you know if he's not out with Aerosmith or <laughs> Van Halen or whoever right. he's with, because he's he's one of those guys. Yeah. Um, but but he gets it. He actually has a um, a doctor of audio from the U of M. Wow. And so he like really, you know, clearly (laughs) scientifically understands everything. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so it's cool. I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got a few people in my pocket that, uh, that definitely were definitely weapons. How
0: how much of an influence did those experiences recording your own music and producing your own records have on how you produce for other people?
1: Um, a lot, a lot. I mean, granted, I, every, like I said, man, every, every band's different. So you have to treat them all different. They're all they're all different projects and stuff. It's all uh, different sounds. I just had a band from St. Louis um, called The Few, who are very much into like My Chemical Romance uh-huh. and, and uh, The Used and all that kind of stuff. And um, so we really only had a couple days to really kind of get to know each other and like really put things together and uh-huh. stuff. And I was kind of flying blind on that one, but um, because I knew some of the acts that they toured with and everything, I kind of you know stereotyped them a little bit, niched them a little bit. But uh, it, it worked out awesome, and they're you know great kids, and it just turned out to be a, a really good experience. You know, mm-hmm. it was, we just did a little EP, but it, it it went well, man. You know, just with the attitudes and everything, and um, yeah, I don't know. Did I, did I even answer the question? Yeah, I know, I just, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I babble a lot, so I'm like, <laughs> God damn it.
0: <laughs> I, you know, and, and I, I'm really curious to know too. You know, as you engage with those bands, as you get rolling mm-hmm. in that process, I mean, you obviously spend a lot of time with them how quickly are you able to find what the band is about? I mean, do they come in pretty clear about their personality or
1: you can tell, um, there's, I mean, you have your, you have your local musicians who, you know, are going to stay your local musicians, but then you have your pros that come in that know exactly what's going on Mm -hmm. there. And they've already got, maybe even they have sessions already all set up like on, on pro tools or whatever that like, they know exactly where everything's happening. Okay. But, you know, and granted, you can still work with, like, I have, like, the Firefight guys. Yep. Um, they, uh, you know, they'll come in. They'll, they'll have, a, like, a demo track of it. if It's already all laid out on the grid we just cut it up and splice it, and we figure out, okay, this would actually make a better bridge right here for this part, so let's move it over. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of cool to work like that. That's a, a, a completely different thing yeah. where, versus being in a room with people and jamming with them, which is still fun, too. Yeah. Because when you get those moments where it's just like, oh, ah, we just got it right, <laughs> like you can just feel it, and you just feel the energy in the room, and yeah. it's just yeah, that is so cool, you know? So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. a
0: fascinating black art to me. You know, I when you listen to a song mm-hmm. that's been completed it's a linear thing yeah right it flows from start to finish mm-hmm. it's got a perfectly logical middle point yes. and all of that but to to think about it in a nonlinear way like that where mm-hmm. you can to move parts around that's just is <laughs> mind-blowing to
1: me yeah play. yeah it, it's weird like from when i when i first started writing songs i mean back when i was damn you know 14 <laughs> 15 years old um you know, you, you you're kind of Nobody's telling you how to do it. Right. You know, no, nobody's really giving you a formula or anything. Granted, yeah. there there's obviously your you know your pop music formula, your sure. verse chorus verse chorus bridge yep. chorus you know. yep Um bubblegum and uh yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um but but there's uh you, you know in there there's a certain realness and rawness to ignoring that formula mm-hmm. but still finding a, a way to weave it in. Yeah. And um that, that's kind of where, where I come in where especially when you got a band who has a, a big commercial sound like there uh, another group I work with is called emergent have you heard emergent mm-hmm. incredible group and um, the, and there's there's little things right there where um, I, I love working with that band. Their Aaron Dahl, their singer, is amazing, and he's so much fun to like shoot back and forth with. And like cool. he's one of the, just one of those people that I we can like look at each other and have this eye contact. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking. <laughs> and, like, and it's just going to work out. That's you a know? great feeling. It, it is. It is a great feeling. And um, yeah, and just the the songwriting process with those guys. I mean, Gary, their guitar player, he's pretty much got got it down. But uh, again, they'll just send me the track, and mm. I'll I'll weave it around and stuff. And eh, let's try this here. Let's try you know this this middle section would sound really really cool with some yeah. big roomy drums mm-hmm. and um you know maybe maybe even like a uh, alarm clock in the middle of it, or just whatever you know just <laughs> an anvil or just you know whatever and just just be thinking of not just you know not just the what they're giving you as far as like just just the music goes, but like you know we, we were talking about Bob Ezrin yep. earlier and stuff mm-hmm. like Bob Ezrin, has a, has Producer of the Destroyer he, Record and Alice Cooper and Pink Floyd The Wall. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, everything. Yeah. Uh, even 30 Seconds to Mars he's worked with. And stuff. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. He did the first uh, 30 Seconds to Mars record. No kidding. And uh also did uh well started uh Saturday Night Wrist for Deft Tones. And, uh, and he quit halfway through it because him and Chino, the singer, were just Chino was just there's a million stories behind it from what I from what I understand. <laughs> singer guy was a was a little bit... Um, Full dif- of himself? Difficult. Yeah. Difficult. Well, and I'm sure
0: I, I've heard stories about Bob Ezrin, too, that he's uh, pretty confident in what he's... No, I'm sure. Know, well, so, I mean, he's... But, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> he sold a couple of records. You yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is good. But and, yeah.
0: And so... I'm curious to know from your perspective, I mean, do you have, like, when you go in working with a band, are you always coming at it from their perspective first, or are you bringing a little bit of Wally in there? Mm,
1: I try to keep me out of it as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, granted, granted, there's certain things that, like, when I do identify a band to work with or also, you know, if they're if they're getting a hold of me or whatever, um, I, I like big Big tones, yeah. big sounds. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Seager Rose fan and I love, you know, love Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon is my mm-hmm. favorite album ever. Yeah. Um and uh you That'll know, just, fill up your headphones. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean even there's there's stuff on, you know, from like Stone Temple Pilots where Brendan O'Brien, their producer, who's he's my favorite. He's he's my all time favorite from everything from like Blackberry Smoke to Bruce Springsteen, he's done he's done yeah. with everybody. Um but uh there, there's certain things that he knows how to fill up a room too, which mm-hmm. is big ambient drum sounds and just like little things that you're, like you will listen to, to a, an STP record mm-hmm. and it's like, God damn, this thing, this thing sounds like garbage. Like it sounds like trash cans and stuff like that. Then you're like, I see what you're doing. Like, it, and it just kind of <laughs> like, it, you know, from, from, from a, from a engineering production yep. standpoint, you're like, you are on point, man. I never, th- I never would have thought to go there and stuff like that. And You know, he's $300,000 per album, and, uh, you know, he's sold a gazillion. So, you know, you gotta got to trust him at some point, I guess. Have
0: (laughs) have you you found that music still has that same uh, feel for you, even though you can kind of see
1: underneath the hood? (sighs) My girlfriend asked me this question the other day, actually, and uh, I I do listen to music differently now. Do you? I absolutely do. And um, granted, you know, a a good chorus is still a good chorus. I I still feel things and stuff. Um, but it's like, I guess I've gotten a little more free thinking with it Mm -hmm. where as a kid, you know, you're, you're kind of a victim of your surroundings. You know, if all your friends listen to Metallica, you're going to listen to Metallica, you you know, you know, it's just whatever, and whatever surroundings you have. And now it's kind of cool to like go outside of the realms and uh, explore different genres and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, it's, there's so much out there and so much to learn from it absolutely blows my mind. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, at the end of the day too, I, like I said, let, let the bands be the bands, Mm -hmm. you know, but there, there is that little thing that I'll kind of look for. Like, I I don't want to put a Wally sound on it and stuff like that, you know, because I do, I do love my delays, my verbs and everything. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they have to be them. Sure. And they have to be able to replicate it live for their listener. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: In case you're just joining us, you're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM McAllister College Radio in Saint Paul, Minnesota. In studio today with Wally Joseph from F5 Soundhouse. Uh, we've been talking a lot about what you do in the studio, a lot of the fun things that you've discovered along the way uh, from as a performing musician. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know you do some some work uh, instrumentally and vocally with bands that mm-hmm. you're producing, where does that line sort of, is, is there a bright line between you as a studio mu- musician and you as a producer or engineer?
1: <sighs> it's a very good question. Um, you, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm a studio guy, when I'm going into lay down some vocals for somebody or a guitar line or something like that, um, If they trust me to do a guitar line, I'm not not a great guitar player by any means. (laughs) I fake it till I make it. But, uh, you know, just understanding the basics has kind of gotten me by. But uh, yeah, you know, it's like at that point I'm at the mercy of whoever's, you know, whoever's got the backbone behind everything and stuff. So, you know, if they um, like I did some stuff for uh, for NBC Sports Mm -hmm. and where they're literally kind of walking me through. The entire thing. This is what we need you to do. Hmm. This is how you're gonna. This is how you're gonna deliver it. Wow. And just we want your voice on it. They wanted my, you know, what vocal chari- sound? Yeah, yep. whatever mm-hmm. my character was, and yep. that's that's what they want to do. You know, yeah. And uh, for uh, for Discovery Channel, when I had to help write a song for um, for a show that was on there, um, it was kind of like they they hand you kind of like a couple songs. Like this is kind of the the sound we're going. For. Yep. So in this was this in this case it kind of happened to be more of kind of a southern rock kind of. Kind of mm-hmm. thing for this particular show, and um, yeah, so okay, all right, I'll come up with some kind of riff or whatever. I gave it, it was almost like kind of a seether country country twang to it, which is really <laughs> weird, which doesn't really make yeah, much I, sense. I, but I, I know, never heard those two words I, I, in the same sentence before. I know, I know. So so it still had a little bit of dirt on it, but it uh, it was definitely a rock, but it, but it had the southern rock vibe to it too. Huh. So if you can. Meshels, yeah, I guess it's. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, yeah, yeah, Skinner done
0: steroids. Oh my goodness, yeah, who knows? <laughs> and, and so, do you, do you really try to let the bands invite you to be that sort of musical component to it? I, I give them the option,
1: yep, I really, I really do. Um, I like I said, I it, when, when we sit down and meet for the first time, it's usually a, a conversation where nobody in this room is making millions of dollars, right? Okay. So we can, we can approach this one of two ways, um, or one of several ways, actually. Um, you know, we, we can have fun, and we can make this thing the best thing that we can possibly make mm-hmm. it, or we can go for complete commerciality, or we can go for, you know, it's just, what do you guys want? What are your future plans with it? Sure. Is this something that you're actually serious, and you want to take it as a touring machine, and you want to do that stuff? Are you going to pitch it to labels? Are you going to pitch mm-hmm. it to management? Um, what is your end game? I want to make sure that's clear before we get anything yeah. accomplished. So it's I've been lucky enough to work with uh, with several different bands on, on major labels now, and working with their stuff, it's like you know they know they know the game. Yeah, they, they're they're coming in and they're you know so they're they're trusting my opinion and my ability as a songwriter mm-hmm. and and performer. So we got to help them along to cultivate their sound to push yeah. it to that that next level to make sure that there is a hit. Make sure there's a single or something, you know.
0: And what are some of those things that you look for or maybe try to blend in so that you know you hit those marks?
1: <sighs> I mean, uh, boy, you know, there there is a certain formula, obviously, to, to, <laughs> to pop music and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, boy, it's, it's, it's all a lot of it is delivery. Mm hmm. You know, you, there's certain things like vocally, you want to make sure your singles not, or your singer is not Mr. Mumbles up there, you know, and it's it's got to be, <laughs> you know, articulation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but there's still some not to go totally off topic, but there's still some good things about not understanding all the words. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know about you, but there's, there's been like songs like uh, I was a big Peter Gabriel fan. Growing oh, up yeah. And stuff. And um, I read the lyrics to one of his tunes on um, I think it was on Us that uh, I thought meant something completely different, because I, I thought that that's what he was singing. Right. And then I read the lyrics, and I'm like, eh, this song kind of sucks now. Like, it's, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have the same impact for me now, you it, know? No. <laughs> so, so sometimes a little bit of mystery and a little bit, bit of mystique is great, where in today's music, they push those vocals so far forward. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, too, has to do with the way that uh, the comp- compression is on radio, because radio just squashes the living hell out of yeah. it. Yeah. But make a different mix or something like that Mm -hmm. for radio. You know, they, that used to be a thing. Yeah. And now it just seems like everything is just through the roof, man, you know? and Well, and, uh, and
0: I'm sure that a lot of that comes from streaming as well, right? mm -hmm. Because people are listening to it in, in headphones in a noisy environment. They're not listening on really good quality headphones most of the time. That's very true. And so if you don't have that very forward vocal, Mm -hmm. you don't get the song.
1: Yep. Right. Yep. But I think a lot of that goes with, um, Songwriting today too, yeah. Where you take a band like um, you know anybody from the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or you know uh-huh. the, the great ones, you know the Who or whatever, and they, a, a producer would help develop the band yep. and help help them develop their sound. Uh-huh. Where they would take months before they even set foot. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that that Rick Rubin um, is credited for on a lot of a lot of the uh, up and coming bands, uh-huh. where he would let them jam out forever. Yeah. And some groups would get frustrated with it. Like, are we actually going to record the singer? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but there's method to his madness in doing that. Yeah. And, um, like even I'm not, not a raging fan of, of, of American head charge, but I just know from, from knowing the guys and stuff Mm -hmm. that when they were out there working with him, they were, uh, you know, Rick had them jamming. Yeah. Forever and so they granted they had some hardships and all that stuff along the way, mm-hmm. but uh, and then he sent them on the road. They hadn't yeah. even tracked a, a song yet, but they were out on the road. Wow. To perform their stuff live. So when they got back into the studio, they were tight. It was it was a machine at that yep. point, and yep. they could just go in, gun it out, and, and it'd be yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I think that that's a really it's kind of a lost art nowadays where yeah. Um, I think people, labels or or you know whoever it is trying to get a hold of, of a band's songs. Um, they're looking for the single, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. Um, something to market. Because, I mean, really, uh, the, you know, the single, it's a commercial for your album. Right. But it, not everybody's doing full lengths anymore. You know, people are doing EPs or singles. So it's just like, its the game has totally changed, man. Yeah. You know, I, I just turned 42 this year. And um, it's weird just the, over the course of time, these last 20 years, just how much this industry has shifted and shaped. And it, it's, it's, yeah, it's incredible. I would be lost. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> being a kid nowadays, trying to trying to push. How my do you find?
0: Forward. Well, right. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you get discovered? How yeah. do you put yourself in the right position so that someone recognizes you and is willing to actually take a shot? Yeah, because I, mean, yeah. I think that's the other part of it, right? Is like mm-hmm. there's so much variety, but there's no marketing anymore from the big labels. Yep. Right. There's nobody who's out there pushing, like to get a Led Zeppelin or being behind a Kiss. Yeah. To make sure that even though they've got three crappy records. Mm-hmm. They're going to wait for that alive to come out, yeah, and know that it's going to be a. a but, hit, but they're not right? allowing
1: the bands to develop for that, right? You know, that's right. Where,
0: uh, you're one y- and done.
1: You know, uh, uh, you take a band like you know, maybe it's a crappy example, but Metallica. Mm-hmm. Metallica was the Kill 'Em All. It's a great thrash record, whatever. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's not very good. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I mean, sure. <laughs> There's a couple of good tunes you know, on you know, there. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. where you take that all the way to. And Justice for All and that was all Fleming Rasmussen, their mm-hmm. their producer through that. Yep. And you can tell that Fleming spent some time with this group yeah. to refine the sound mm-hmm. to, to to help them identify you know, songwriting. Right. Learn songwriting. Learn yeah. how to, where it's not just all guitar licks and, and uh you know double time yep. drumming and, and everything and stuff like that yep. where when you got up to injustice for all and granted that that's probably a very extreme case too, because there's some eight minutes (laughs) off there, deep but but I do, I do. I'm into a good eight minute song, you know, if it it makes sense. Okay. You know, I I can listen to that, you know?
0: I mean, it's it's interesting though, because when you talk about that, you know, Cliff became so much more important Mm -hmm. in the songwriting, especially on ride the lightning and master of of
1: Absolutely.
0: One of my favorite records. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love master. Yeah. And you see those songs starting to get longer. You get a little bit of the doodling happening in the middle Mm -hmm. of the song and you get sort of that, more epic feel of the lyrics too and
1: I got lucky uh two two springs ago uh went down to Nashville to do this thing it's called uh, Rare Hair yeah and uh what it is is it's a it's a bunch of 80s rock stars and 90s <laughs> rock stars and uh, they all get together in a bar and uh all learn a bunch of like 80s like Kind of underground, kind of cover tunes or whatever, cool. like like nothing that you're gonna hear that are singles. Yeah, right. But it's gonna be, um, and so I got invited to, to sing with fun uh, to sing with. Uh, it was uh, it, at one moment I had uh, the drummer for Taylor Swift with me, with uh, <laughs> guitar player from Winger, and like Whoa. a couple other people. So uh, every Mother's nightmares guitar player, and uh, it, it was it was pretty cool. So we're all like we all had to learn like four or five songs. Fun. So we're down there jamming and stuff. Um, and uh, one of the guys, who I mean, it was it's packed in there too. Nobody really knows it's going on, but it's going on. Yeah. And so you can't move in this place. And it's just like, he's got two Grammys. Oh, he's got three or four. You know, it's just like, it's Holy insane. Holy cow. And uh, it, it's really, really cool to get all these people in the same room together. Like yeah. Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm comes out to play sometimes. And, uh, Mark <laughs> wow. Slaughter and stuff like that. Like, it's 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 cool. It's like this whole Nashville community yeah. of kind of throwback guys, but kind of not. Like, you'll get the new, new guys in there, too, and it's fun. Wow. Um, but Michael Wagner, who uh, was the... Uh, the mixing engineer on Master of Puppets mm-hmm. came on to the show and uh, invited us out to his studio the next day. And uh, so literally when I walked in there, and it, he's got this house in the middle of the, the, the country out in Nashville. There's like somewhere he's like, yeah, out in suburbia. <laughs> but uh, gorgeous house, but you go in his backyard, and he's got this giant studio back there. And the first thing you walk in, dead ahead of me right there, Master of Puppets platinum record and I'm just oh. like that is <laughs> We're pretty not cool worthy. man you know exactly and I'm looking at I mean he's done everything from from ski, all the skid or the first couple skid row records uh extreme yeah. you know docking. Mm-hmm. like I mean the, the the list goes on and on Who, yeah. Who's this guy has worked with He's sold 90 million albums just himself I oh, think he's yeah, he's man. got I, I take it back I think he's at 93 million nine, 93 or 96 like it's it's some astronomical wow. number where he just needs one more artist. Right. <laughs> to get him. Could you imagine that? No. That's insane. So no. yeah, so it was really cool to uh Fun. hear some of the uh the, the Metallica experiences or whatever, just like you know, just hearing in his stories with working with like, you know, John Karabi from Motley Crue mm-hmm. when, when Karabi was in yep. Motley Crue. and like yep. all these, you know you know, throwback bands that like, you know, it's classic rock to people nowadays, but I mean for me, like when I was when I was a kid growing up, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Awesome. I was yeah, in heaven. I you know, can you're, only you're, imagine. It was How do you crazy, not fanboy right? in that situation? Oh my God, it, dude, it was hard. <laughs> it was really, really hard. Cause I'm like walking in his studio. It's like his back wall is literally wall to wall guitars. And then another side is all like guitar heads and everything and stuff like that. And like, it's, it, it's, it, it is just the most surreal setting it's ever. Shrine knowing that this guy has been such a huge influential part of music history. Yeah, And I'm You're, just sitting here hanging with him, man. That's it was amazing. it was really cool. It was really. I, cool. I
0: don't know if you saw the series. I think it was a Hulu or Netflix. I guess the Sonic Highways. Uh, I have not watched. Oh, Everybody's
1: telling me, and I just yeah. Scared. I, I, I have no time, man. It, it sucks. <laughs> I want to so bad. It, it was so really, it, it was
0: my first real window into how impactful the studio experience can be for a band. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've known the stories about, you know, all these bands who really like Kiss because I'm a huge Kiss fan. Mm-hmm. Those first three records were terrible. And yeah. then they finally were able to capture their live show in a mm-hmm. bottle. And that, you know, but the the Foo Fighters on the Sonic Highways and all of the amazing studios they went yeah. to, just incredible.
1: They, oh, those guys are something yeah. else, man. Um, my family's from, uh, from Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. So I actually got to, uh, I was out there. I actually moved back out there when I was, um, God, what was I 20, 21? And uh, brought my band with me. Hmm. And so we lived out there on the West Coast for a while. And uh, one of the studios that we got to tour was uh, the studio that Pearl Jam did 10 in. Wow. And this drum room. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen It's inside of a silo it's like it looks like it's this castle Wow uh, on the on the on this like little cliff plateau thing yeah and uh, there's this giant silo and inside of this thing there's all these different types of of stone of brick that just go up forever hmm. so they're like go and take a snare drum in there and you go in there and it just goes <gasps> And you just, you just, you hit the thing and it's just like, yeah, it just travels. It's like, wow, who thought of this? (laughs) So like when, when you, when you listen to the the Pearl Jam 10 record, which is still, it's still holds true today. It's it's an awesome album. It is. Um, That drum sound is done in that room and I'm like. Man, this could either be the greatest masterpiece of of, <laughs> of you know drum recording ever, or it could or have or been a complete disaster. disaster. Man, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was really cool, really really fun place to just kind of go check it out. Yeah, and, but yeah, what a weird situation, man. But it was it was pretty pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. You got I got to believe you pick up little tricks oh, seeing yes. places like that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm a thief all the way. I'll, I'll, I'll own it. Absolutely, man. If somebody's got a great idea, you know, yeah. who knows that I right. I, won't, I won't make it. Better or worse, it's, or I don't the know. sincerest <laughs> form of flattery, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah, so they told, told me as a songwriter too. I'm like, oh, boy. oh no. Yeah. I mean, there there aren't many new notes, right? <laughs> nope. 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 Thank you, uh, Lennon and McCartney. You, That's you right. Ruined it all for the rest of us. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Do you remember putting your first record, uh, producing your very first record? What? what, what?
1: <sighs> yeah. Um, the very first album I did was for a band called Clifton Wales. And uh, it features a, a girl, Brianna Tag is her name. She's uh, married to, uh, or I don't even know if they're married. Kurt Jorgensen. Do you know who Kurt Jorgensen is? Yeah. He's a local guy. Yeah. And uh, Brianna and I did a record together, and it was just I just kind of started jumping into the production aspect. I had, um, you know, bought a bought a bunch of home gear and all that stuff, and then I started hooking up with Doug and um, started working out of his place. And uh, so she was kind of my first experiment to see if this was, and we just had so much fun. It cool. was it was incredible from from the get go, and it just all clicked and all made sense. And I'm like, you know what? At this time, I, I had stopped. I had probably been done touring for at least a couple of years at mm-hmm. that point, and um, kind of was looking for a new avenue to, you know, cultivate my creativity sure. and stuff, and, and not go insane. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so it was like, well, here's this girl. She's you know, she was 18 or 19 at the time, and uh, she could songwrite like crazy and amazing. Uh, violin player, piano player, acoustic mm. player—like she's very musically gifted—and so we put together an awesome, awesome like first album together. It was, it was, it was fantastic. So then it was kind of like I had a um, Rich, my uh, drummer from Skywind. Um, he has a group called uh, Wither the Tide. And they're kind of industrial. Men. Uh-huh. So she, her stuff was more kind of earthy rock. Yeah, like I, don't know, I can't even call it folky or whatever. Some, some of it rock, some of it didn't. Um, but. Uh, Rich had a, had this industrial band, which they're they're still doing some things today. Um, and I'm like, cool. Now I'm going to jump to this other side of the spectrum and see if I can, because that, yeah, you know, because I, I I like the you know filter, nine inch nails, all yep. that kind of stuff. Like, it yep. was, you know, is yeah, kind of kind of my niche in my you know late teens and everything. So, cool. yeah. So so it, it kind of gave me some perspective to jump on both sides of the fence. And yeah. like, okay, well now let's let's do a country album with somebody. And like it just kind of blew up after that. And like it just yeah. I, I don't know. And like, you know, and listening to my first recordings, I'm like, eh, you know, it's like with everything. Sure. You know, it's like it kind of sucks. You know, it wasn't awesome. And now it's just like, you know, I just I mixed a new uh, a new Skywine song Uh, right before I got here, actually. And uh, I'm like, (laughs) this is apples and oranges compared to where I was, you know, back, you know, back in my, you know, early 30s or whatever. But it was, you know, it's cool, man. You know, it's it's you should grow. Yeah, we should always be learning. We should always be trying to get better at what we're doing. And you know, yeah, and, and but being aware, yeah, you know, self awareness I think is the uh, the greatest tool right there. It's just, Have you, you ever know, gone
0: back and remastered yes. anything you done? Yeah, yeah,
1: yep, yep. I just did an album. Uh, we we released a record. Skywind released a record in two thousand five uh, called Escape Land, and it was the biggest train wreck ever. Wow. We um we dropped about thirty five grand on it. I want to say. Wow. And, um, we, I mean, we had everybody behind us. We had, you know, investors, we had uh, good management, we had all this mm. stuff happening and, um, it was around the time where label situations were really hot. Yeah. And so we were still on the radar to, uh, to, to hopefully, you know, sign up with somebody or whatever. And, um, we hired the wrong engineer, mm. the wrong producer, and wrong engineer. Mm. And, you know, he sold it really well and he's a nice guy, but w- with anything, um, you know, you you can get anybody coming up to you to tell you that yeah, I'm a photographer. Sure. Okay. Right. All right. You know, I, I'm am <laughs> yeah. a, a painter. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. right. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna paint your house for you. or I'm gonna give right. this mural for yeah. you, and it's gonna be awesome, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And, and uh, at the time, I think we were just looking for somebody to, um, you know, because we 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 did kind of fall in love with the guy, and uh, it, it just it as we got into the process, it just looked more and more like. I Boy, hmm. you know we've got all this money invested in this thing. You know we'd already paid him ten grand advance and everything wow. and stuff. It was just like, this isn't ending up well. This Ugh. is not. He, he has no idea what our sound is, even though he sat there in rehearsals with us, going through the songs, kind of doing what I what I explained yeah, to you or whatever. Right. And uh, my my group is more of a um, we, we, big sonic textures, um, still a little bit of pop sensibility to it and whatever. But it's a it was that that record in particular was supposed to be a big. Massive ambient rock record, Hmm. and uh, he tried to make it uh, Saint Anger. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so literally everything from from the uh, from the drum miking to everything. Seriously, and 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 it's everybody. uh. Everybody has their own interpretation of art. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, Anger still went on to go and sell millions. You know, whatever. I know, but it's the worst drum sound in I recorded history. I agree. Seriously, the right. worst. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we know. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, and he was really big into that album. He was. He was, and whatever. You know, and that's that. That was a case right there of him trying to make us sound like something that he was into. It's right. like you've got the wrong band, buddy. Yeah. And so we had to can him, and then we brought in somebody else to try to fix what what was already done, and oh, it, it never... That can't it, end well either. It, it didn't. It didn't. So literally, I got a hold of the files um, less than a year ago. And actually, it was over this winter I got them. And uh, <laughs> from my old manager, he hands me a hard drive. I'm like, what's this? He's like, oh, just some stuff. I'm just trying to get rid of it and take it. I'm like, oh, geez. you have had this thing since 2005? I've been looking for this to redo oh, this album man. and get it all mixed properly and whatnot. And so we, we re-released it this year. And um, it, it's awesome and that's I, I just fantastic I'm so supercharged about it and whatever uh, granted we don't tour anymore and we, we play like one show one or two shows a year excuse me uh, one or two shows a year and uh, but it, it was cool to like go back and just fix the thing and just make yeah. it like oh my gosh like it was embarrassing you know we were wow. spending that much money on an album and with the with the press and the hype and everything that was behind it mm-hmm. that like as our first record did so well we sold instantly like 20,000 copies of our first album that's great that our second one, you follow ups. Got to be kick, there. And right. The songwriting was head and shoulders above what hmm. the first album was. Wow! But this guy just didn't translate it, and then nobody else could fix it. I mean, we had a guy from Mudvayne trying to fix it. We had a guy from uh, we had Tools guy trying to master it. Like nothing could get this thing. Wow. Could, could get it fixed, and finally w- through the use of today's technology and everything, I was able to go in and manipulate things better because we did some of the record on two inch. No yeah, kidding. Because we wanted to we wanted to create a warm warmer sounding rhythm section. Yeah. So with the drums and the bass, sure. We wanted to make sure it was nice and full. Mm-hmm. Nothing is worse than recording vocals on a two-inch <laughs> tape. That is the worst experience ever. <laughs> Mark my words, nobody do that. What a waste of time that is. Literally, so you sing your line, ah, yep. screwed up. Okay. All uh, right, hold on. <laughs> tape stops. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, Okay, it's all right. It's in place. All right, go now. Where now it's literally the click of a mouse. It's like... Oh my God! I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, we have it so well today. We are so yeah. lucky with with everything that's going on and uh, through technology. Yeah, you know, there stuff and, there
0: are there are some producers listening to the show right now going, "Dude,
1: I know." I mean, don't get me wrong. I, had to I walk uphill both ways to school. I, I don't think there's anybody <laughs> in this world that will tell you that that two inch isn't the greatest thing ever. Right? That sound is amazing. It's absolutely that, that warmth mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, but to the average knucklehead out there, they're not going to realize it. No. And the amount of time and money spent on listening <laughs> to tape rewind and having <laughs> to try to find your spot and locate it and simpty and all this other yeah. whatever stuff that goes along with it. It's, uh, yeah, it, it'll definitely uh, shed years off a person's life. I think I, I may have ac- achieved my first gray hair during that process, man. <laughs> so obviously, then
0: that, that got digitized at some point. Yeah. So yep. you could yep. manipulate yep. it.
1: Yep. They, yeah. they put everything on digital for us. And we, uh, wow. yeah. And so I was lucky enough to get the hard drives and uh, <laughs> reshape <laughs> the darn thing. So Did yeah. you drop anything new on it? Um. Yes. There. There's a. There's a song that we have called. Uh, called Kansas, and it, it's. It's about uh, being on the road away from home, uh, kind of like you know using the the Wizard of Oz kind of mm-hmm. analogy or whatever. Um. You know. There's a line in there. Click your heels. You know. Because you yeah, want to yeah. go home and whatever. Just you know. Just being out there and stuff. And I. I mean. I can. I can understand. You know. We. We didn't do. We weren't gone for like years, like seven dust or something like that. Where a band they spend like two or three years on the road. Sure, but but we we would go out for six to eight months at a time. Yeah, and um, you know, I I wouldn't see home or whatever. And I, you know, there was even a circumstance I came back and I, my my folks didn't even recognize me. They're just like, wow, they got scared of this person that just showed up on their doorstep. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but and and, you know, just to you know, go through all those trials and tribulations and stuff. And man, sometimes you do. You just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, damn it. You know what? You know Because when, when it rains, it pours. Sometimes. Right. What do you do? Yep. You know? Right. So yeah, had a, had a song about that, and uh, it, it was recorded for every single record that we've done, and it never made the album. No kidding. Yeah. And so finally, I'm like, okay, Screw you guys. I'm, like, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do it myself. And so redid it, and it, and it turned out fantastic. And it, I'm very very happy with it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully I was able to capture yeah. some of the the real emotions and the, the real, original, you know, everything because yeah. that's ultimately what I'm trying to do at the end of the day.
0: You uh you toured for a, a, quite a while with yeah. Skywind and and a couple of other projects. What uh what was it like getting started in, in your own musical
1: career? Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Ter- terrifying. Terrifying. At, at first, you know, you you think you're going to go out there and you're going to rule the world Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, you know, we we've got this. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I mean, I I've uh I've been homeless. Um I've lived on a beach. I've uh you know been stuck in a van forever like you know yep. a lot of touring musicians do and stuff and you know where you're drinking uh you know out mm-hmm. of the the water from the fountain at the nearest rest stop yeah. or you know eat, drink, eating hot dog water soup or you know whatever <laughs> whatever it might be and uh it's it's a very good character building experience for uh for us you know we're five suburban white kids with, that, you know, from nowhere in Minnesota that, yeah. you know, all of a sudden were, you know, in the deep in the heart of New York or Los mm-hmm. Angeles or whatever. And, um, you know, even like uh, when, we, when we first started to get some weight to our, to our show and to uh, the band itself, um, Seven Dust brought us out. Hmm. And uh, our first show was at the uh, the House of Blues in Chicago. Oh, boy. and uh, that's, so a good, we, that's a good room. It's a great room. It's <laughs> awesome. And uh, Sold Out Night, and um, literally the first four songs of our set um, so we had one song that had that just came out on the radio, okay. but nobody really knew who the hell it was, you right, know, nor, right? Nor could they say our I've, name, right? I've our, heard that song uh, before, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And our, our and our name is terrible. Skyline's the worst name ever, and, <laughs> and but we had to run with it for other reasons. But um, the uh, <laughs> the first four songs of that set, it's about twelve to thirteen rows of people deep. Giving us a middle finger. Oh you no! Know? And it's like, oh, oh my no. god! And all I can oh, do is just laugh. I'm no. like, but your heart is, it's like, why don't they like me? You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we're good. You know, it's, you know, because we're, you know, we're we, we do great in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You know, <laughs> you know, we can sell out, you know, First Avenue in Minneapolis. Right. Why do they hate us here? Yeah. You know? So it, it was it was it was terrifying, man. And then uh, finally, of course, when we play the song, every turns and looks at each other, and you just see the reaction. And the eyes are like. Oh, these guys. <laughs> oh, okay, well then, all of a sudden the pits start and everything. And it's like, of course, that's what you're gonna <laughs> do, right? You know, yeah, not knowing what you're listening to, but yeah, yeah it was, it, yeah, man, it's it can be a terrifying experience, but uh, you yeah. just got to get out there and do it. It, it, it it'll uh, as a musician, um, there's certain things about it that when you get off a, off, a, off a, your first tour, or whatever, um, and I'm not talking just like a little like two state run or yeah. something like that, where you do like you know three or four shows. When you're actually gone. For the better part of a year, and because all you've been doing is eating, sleeping, breathing, mm-hmm. pooping your music and stuff, yeah. um, it, it's it's a character-building experience because it's you against the world at that point. Sure it is. There's nobody there to help you out. There's no. nothing. You've got yourself into the situation, <laughs> so you better go out there and you better Make show the up most every, of it. every night. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I got to believe it was a tremendous learning experience to be on bills with, with bands who were really big at the time. Yeah. Kevin Dust and yeah. You, know, you toured with a bunch of really impressive yeah, bands.
1: Yeah. We got, we got to do some fun stuff. Yeah. No, no complaints there at all. No complaints <laughs> did, that, there. did that help you up your game? Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned a lot. Um, again, kind of going back to, uh, to Kevin from, uh, from Candlebox, just, uh, Uh, spending time with him in the studio and then being in a touring environment Mm -hmm. and just seeing how the game is played. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even just down to the the particulars of dealing with, uh, um, you know, when when you show up to a venue and stuff like that, all the things that you're supposed to have taken care of, you know, with, with input lists and with, you know, just your basic fundamental stuff. Sure. It's not a big deal, you know, and and a lot of clubs don't do it around your local venues don't do it. They're just like, eh, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your guitar is over there. You got a bass over there, you know, and they call it. Right. But, you know, when, when there's an aspect to a live show and there's a little bit of production behind it and stuff, all these things need to be ironed out before, just so everybody's in, in the proper spot sure. where they need to be. Yeah. And um because you you're
0: working with their front of house most of the time. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah. yeah.
1: Or else even yeah. It, and um you know, even little things from like merchandise. Oh. Or you know, where we're you know, because you gotta sell your merchandise. Sure. You gotta you gotta make some money doing that. Absolutely. Because you know? chances are if you're right. if you're a support act, you're not gonna be getting paid a lot. <laughs> no. Or if anything at all. Some people have to buy in on tours and I I hate that. Oh man. That drives me crazy to, to hear that that yeah. guys are shelling out that kind of money. But paying for the headliners bus. Thank you very I guess, much. Yeah. You know, Boy, that's sad. a tough that's a tough thing as a as an up, up and coming act, right? I mean,
0: you yep. want to get the national attention, yep. but at what cost? I know. I mean, it, and it's it, I
1: don't know anybody that it's actually paid off for. Yeah. I don't know one band that, mm. that buying onto a tour has actually gotten them anywhere with it. Yeah. Other than some good stories right. and they sold some merch and you know, like, you know, when, when we did the Candlebox tour, we did, um, I mean, we 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 were playing in front of the, our weakest crowd was in uh, Detroit, and uh, Detroit's just not a very big rock, you know. That at that time, yeah. for, for them for, right. for Candlebox, nobody gave a rip, yeah. Uh, you know, so we drew only like 450 people there mm. at the, uh, the Emerald Theater, which sucked. But then we go down to Missouri, and there's 3,000 people in the place. Yeah, like it's it's it, it you know it's it depends on the market, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is all you know. It, it's all it's a good experience you know you're you're learning all these things and stuff like that absolutely how to deal with these different environments and and whatnot and it definitely uh, can uh, make you or break you if you don't Mm -hmm. pay attention to the details and you're not looking around and saying, okay, they're doing that. Why are they doing that? You know, don't be afraid to ask some questions. Just don't be a D bag about doing right. You know, know, it's, it's interesting to me to see how the festivals Mm -hmm. have sort of changed
0: that economics a little bit. Yes, I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. many festivals around the U S there never used to be festivals, you know, when we were growing up and you know, it seems like it's a great platform for those sort of regional to national bands like star set mm-hmm. is on every festival bill. <laughs> sure seems everywhere. like it doesn't it? <laughs> I mean like you could go see star set every weekend if yep. you wanted to.
1: Yep, yes you could. Yeah. And you know, and <laughs> those guys have a
0: fun, a fun gig. Yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of band and I gotta believe that Skywine could have really taken advantage of something like that back in that time frame too, right?
1: A lot of that was funding too though. Like if we if we wanted to, we had an opportunity to be on Ozfest if we wanted to. Oh wow. But it would have cost us. We mm. would have had to pay Sharon Osbourne seventy-five thousand dollars to be on Osfest. Oh man. To be on second stage yeah. opening in the morning where
0: ten people are gonna see you.
1: What is the point right. of that? You know everyone and in
0: the tents is gonna be yelling at you to
1: keep it down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And it, it's that's awful. Like yeah. so, so wow. that's kind of where I think a lot of the, the crap with the buy ons and stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Right there. Interesting. And it's a it's a shame, man. Sharon! Yeah, Sharon. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's really unfortunate, man. You know, because Sharon made a killing off of it. Yeah, of course. You know, she's putting everybody that you've never heard of on that second stage. but right. they, They're, you know, they've Paying they've top got funding for, for the for the for the festival and stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. Wow, it really is. That's really interesting. And So that's I think bands kind of took that idea more or less and ran with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still a few good ones out there that that uh, if the bands do like you. They will bring you. Mm-hmm. Um, Seven Dust has a good history of being one of those bands where they will, Cultivate. If, they, if they if they like your band, yeah. they're not going to make you pay out the anus to yeah. you know, to be on the road and yeah. that stuff. But then I've I've seen them do it too. <laughs> where they, they did it to some friends of mine. They my friends had to pay. Uh, they, they who actually, ironically, they had um, two or three national singles back in the early 2000s, and um, they had to pay thirty thousand dollars to get onto this tour. Wow. That's insane. That's Social crazy. Burn, do you, do you remember the man Social yeah, yeah. Burn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So they had, a, I'm like, 30 grand? I'm like, how are you guys doing this? They're like, well, yeah. we're getting 200 bucks a night in payment back on it, and then we get to keep all our merchandise. It's like, that's this doesn't sound servitude. like a good idea no, at all, man.
0: That's, yeah, you're just paying for the bus. Wow. Yep. wow. That's yep. crazy. Yep. <laughs> That's it is insane, easy. man. Yeah. It so as you, I mean, as you work with with uh, young up and coming <coughs> bands mm-hmm. like Stormbreaker, you yeah. know, yep. um, great bunch of guys, really great sound. Yeah, love the kiss. stuff that they're doing. Yep. How do you guide them on a path toward the next level? I mean, now they've they've just announced two shows back to back at the Whiskey.
1: Yeah. which is like. For them, that's awesome. It's, that's that couldn't awesome. be a
0: better springboard. Yep.
1: and they're opening for for nationals too. Yeah. it's a it's a great deal. Um, and so
0: how do you how do you counsel them based on what you've experienced? That's
1: really cool. You say that we had a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure there's going to be more going into it too. They actually want me to to fly out for that too, and they, nice. they even offered to pay for me to go out there and see it. Um, and uh, kind of, it, I've played the whiskey a few times. And that's a that's a very pro operation out there. Mm-hmm. They you don't screw around. Right. You know, it's the same thing with First Avenue too. First sure. Avenue's no joke. Right. You know, that is that that is a nationally known club. Absolutely Everybody is. knows that venue. Yep. You know? Yep. Nobody cares about Myth. No. Nobody cares about Roy Wilkins or whatever. Right. It's first right. avenue. It's First Avenue. You know? And uh and that that is our that is our Whiskey out here. Mm-hmm. and so out there, it's very um you know they're not that they're super militant, but they want you to be as pro as possible. Absolutely. So there's you have to have all your little ins and outs, know exactly where you're going to be on that stage. Yep. Because it's kind of a funny stage. It's kind of like in a corner. It is. Of sort of, it's weird. Yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, yeah. and, and um, so you you have to kind of know the lay of the room, uh, you know, make sure your tones are good going mm-hmm. out there, make sure that you're when you're checking your drums, it's bop.
0: Yep. Bop.
1: They don't care if you can do a blast beat. They don't want to hear that. No. They don't want to hear you shred on guitar. Right. They want to hear you strum your chords, nice, big, full sound. And this goes to any band out there who's listening right now. (laughs) Don't be that band. You know what I'm saying? Serious. Because as a sound engineer, like I've run front of house for people before and stuff, too. And nothing is worse than having a drummer get up there and <laughs> like, no, you're not helping. You're not helping. Slow, quarter yeah. notes. You know, do that thing. Give me Let, a chance to do. With yeah, the work, you right? set your gates. You can set your compression properly. Like everything. You know, if there's some weird tones peeking out, you got some 400 coming through your tom's or something like that, You can roll all that stuff out. Yeah. Don't don't be a jerk. You know, think right. think about what it's like to be in the front of house guy's shoes. And understand that, like, you're not helping when you're yeah. sitting there doing sweeps and arpeggios and everything like that. You know, it's just like <laughs> strum some chords, right. I'm trying to get the tone of your amp. Yeah, I, I want to make sure that it sounds big and fat for the rest of the audience. Mm-hmm. We don't want to make people scared of your band and you know, right? Singers, right? You know. Check check all the tss, tss, all the, all the yeah. little like things mm-hmm. like that to make sure that they can dial that out. Yeah, you know, 10k is and 3k are not very nice frequencies. Sometimes <laughs> if there's too much of it, yeah. you know, it's just just little little things like that. You know, just so so there's gonna be a little bit more conversation and dialogue going into That's it. That's great, yeah, um, to make sure that they're. Uh, that they're prepared, but I'm sure they're going to go out there and have fun. I'm sure it's going to be great.
0: They've got such a great sound. I love that mm-hmm. they are hearkening back to some of the classics. You know, the Def Leppard, absolutely, dock and feel to the to their stuff. It's really it, it, it's, really it, it's fun. cool
1: to see the younger kids kind of into that. Too. I know,
0: you know, like it's, it's weird. Wait, like, but I would have pl- totally played this in my crappy Datsun that, in 1986. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, man. No, yeah. and you know, that's and it's all the stuff that you know we grew up on. But the, these kids, whatever, have have discovered a new appreciation for for talent yeah in, in in that that area mm-hmm. even like even going back to zeppelin and stuff like that like you know that there's there, there's some really good players out there that are young mm-hmm. kids that they've taken the old school approach and listened to what John Bonham did yeah or Keith moon did mm-hmm. or just you know or all these other different things and like and applied that to today and I'm like there is hope for the future. Yeah, it's you know? it is really re- refreshing,
0: <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. And I, I don't know what's driving that, but I love mm-hmm. that it's starting to cycle back again, and yeah. we're starting to get more true guitar rock again because yep. it's it's been missing for a long time. Oh
1: my goodness, has it ever? And
0: and lyrically too, I'm anxious for stuff that's not mopey.
1: <laughs> like yep, we, we've yep. been stuck in
0: this mopey world where, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, people need to get angry about stuff again. Yeah. I mean, yep, you know, get yep. a little mad and yep. that'll influence you.
1: A little, little bit of drive. Yeah. A little bit of something. But yeah, yeah there it's, it, but you know, like it all goes in cycles. Yep. It sure you does. Know? It you know, sure does. And, and we're, you know, we're, there's a big underground scene too with like uh, the 80s synth pop thing, mm-hmm. and, you know, with bands like Gunship and Carpenter Brood and all this, like it's, what? You know, yeah. I feel like I'm watching Miami Vice right now, but I'm listening to it. You know, it's, it's crazy, you know, it, yeah. it's, and, but that's cool because they've, they've refined it to more of a modern thing and more, more modern sound. And yeah. it is, you know, if that's the name of the game now, um, you know, hopefully, you know, people like Stormbreaker and so that yeah. like can take it to a different place that, that it was mm-hmm. back then. And obviously, you know, on my end of things, on the production end of things and the, the engineering, it's my job to make sure it's, it can still compete nationally Sure, where, you know, it's, you know doesn't sound like, I mean, they, they want it to, they wanted to sound like, you know, Van Halen 1984, but to right. be honest. Yeah. You know, that <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's lightning in
1: a bottle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah,
0: you know, it's, you know. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm cheering for those guys. I think they've, they've got a great sound and, uh, yes. and they're a good bunch of guys too. It's, yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool to see them doing what they're doing. Yeah, they are yeah. good
1: people. Yeah. They are, they are a lot of fun to work with. And, uh, and just a rip on and bag on. Like, you know, they're, they're younger kids, but so it's kind of fun, right. you know, shoot. But that's that's when you know that you've got a good little relationship going on. That's and, great. You know, yeah. I mean, granted, that takes a little bit to, to get to that point, but. Of course. You know, I asked him, we had a conversation the other day, and I'm just like, so if we're all in a horror movie, which one of you gets killed first? And everybody instantly goes, <laughs> Bill. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, no. that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, Bill's the first person to die in the horror oh, movie, no question no. about it. Like, <laughs> He's just got that got that thing about him like we were there. <laughs> I don't know. What's over here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it would be. Totally. And I and I love Bill. Bill's an amazing player and great songwriter and everything. But it's just it's so funny just to hear them say it. Like, it wasn't even no hesitation. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Nobody even batted an eye and like Bill. Yep. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh man. Well, so we're
0: just about wrapping up here. We got uh, only a couple minutes left. Cool. It's been such a uh, thrill to have you on the show, yeah, it's been Thanks a ton of fun. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit more about where people can hear uh your music first of all how do you how do people find find
1: your stuff oh my goodness uh me personally my stuff is everywhere from amazon music to itunes to spotify it's everywhere skywind s-k-y-w-i-n-d you can kind of get an idea of what i'm about <laughs> um otherwise a lot of the groups that i'm working with from uh, uh gabriel and the apocalypse they're on uh they're on Sony. I love um, their sound. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. We, we've had a relationship forever. That's, that's great. I love really their cool. sound. Lind, Lindy I was, and I, we, she always, you only work with me for vocals. <laughs> so it's kind of fun like that. It's, that's There's great. a big story behind it. I remember, <laughs> and it's great. It's absolutely great. They're great people and, cool. and they're fun to watch and yeah. whatnot. So from those guys to the Firefight. so Firefights record is going to be great. That's fun. coming out. They've, they've got a, they've got a hit. That's they great. They have a hit. When's and, that going to drop? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's got to be soon. I don't know exactly the specific date when they're they're planning on it, and because they kind of keep they they, they they threw out a single of a post Malone cover. Oh, they really? Did, they did sunflower and made a kind of, we made it kind of a rock tune, and um, so then they they just released the actual first single yeah. off the album Identity, and the video is crazy. Um, go online and check out the video; it's 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 insane. Cool. Firefight is the band, Identity is the uh, the song, but uh, they've got they've got a a mega hit if this thing drops. They played That's it on ninety three X like for a. Uh, Kind of like a little sneak peek or whatever, yeah. and even the the DJ's just like this, this is song winner. is gonna win Grammys if it, you know, wow. it, it's it's got that thing, that's just great. that thing, you know. I that's hope it does, great. yeah. I hope it does. So I'm excited to hear it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so yeah, great. you can you can find a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm a, a little bit of a Facebook nerd, not too much. <laughs> I, I advertise a lot of my own shows and stuff, but uh, I need to build up my own personal music yeah. Facebook page. So I'm probably gonna get on that pretty quick here because I just got a. Uh, Electro Voice endorsement too, so oh, yeah, nice. so, so I, I, I got I used to work for Electro. Oh, really? Voice. Yeah. Oh, very cool. For Telex way back. Oh, very in the cool, day. man. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, for whatever reason, it took me 20 years to to get one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess I'm going to Nam this year with uh, Cat Perkins and nice. uh, Zach Wild and stuff. So that should be fun. pretty cool. Really? So yeah, yeah. I don't I'm know. Going I'm going like, well, to see Zach Sabbath uh, coming up here like really? next month. Yeah. How cool is that going to be? I'm I'm
0: really excited. The Varsity. <laughs> that's going to be a fun that show. That is going to be nuts. Yeah. That's great. Cool.
1: Freaking great man well yeah. cool yeah yeah so i'll, I'll have more information for great you if you you know yeah can... well,
0: make sure you send it to me because yeah. we'll put it up on the show social media and that kind of stuff as cool. well cool wally it's been a ton of fun having you thanks the man thank you very much for having me you've just blown yeah. another hour listening to blast beats and bicycles here at 91.7 fm McAllister college radio in saint paul minnesota stay tuned next week we've got special guests in the studio again